Good evening, and welcome to episode 113 of Screen Tone Club. My name is Elliot Page. We're recording on the 2nd of October 2022 for release on the 4th of October 2022. Also for release on the 4th of October, Mr. Andy Hanley. How, what will you do with your newfound freedom, Andy? Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll be abducted by aliens for a decade and I'll have to work for them. Well, you know, will they expect you to do film festivals, question mark? So. <laughs> I mean, possibly. I, I do have previous in that uh, in that incarnation. So, <laughs> Alien, I mean, human, we have asked, we have kidnapped you to shepherd this guest from a far off land. It's like, oh God, everything's the same. What's going on? Yeah, it's like, can you get us all the girls and panzer films? It's like, well, I can Well, try. can you? Can you? Like, can, <laughs> do, can, you, can you broker peace with these aliens with cool tankery action? <laughs> oh god sorry i i i am very high on gods and panzer more so than usual because i have been doing the idiot thing of planning a trip to japan um and so including the sneaky pilgrimage aspect i'm doing air quotes you can't see it because it's an audio medium but i am doing hard air quotes and rolling my own eyes at myself while saying that i'm still gonna do it though because of course i am uh, you can support us on Patreon if you like what we're doing, but more about that later. Also supporting us on Patreon are our lovely shout-out level backers, Mr. Rob Jessup, the blue-haired cyborg, and Seegers Gert, who supports at the lovely shout-outs tier and so gets shouted out here at the top of the episode. Right, shall we get... Which one do you want to do first, Andy? I feel like both of these are very ripe for discussion, our picks this episode. Yeah, sh- sh- should we go with my pick first? Because I feel like yours might just kind of like, you know... B- b- it will give us a cadence that may be preferable for this podcast, I feel like. Sure, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's talk about your pick first. Alrighty, so my pick for this episode is a Correspondence from the End of the Universe, uh, Volume 1. Uh, there are currently five volumes of this out in Japanese. Uh, first volume has pretty much only just come out in English, um, so it, it is brand spanking new from uh, Seven Seas Entertainment. Uh, the author is named Minota. Um, it's available digitally and physically. Um, and I guess interestingly as a starting point, uh, this series is initially set in St. Petersburg, um, and we meet a young man named Marco, who has, it sounds like he's kind of been a bit of a sort of a, a stay-at-home kind of guy, like he's not, you know, travelled much, he's he's always sort of been in his hometown, but he's decided he's going to up and travel the world, um, and in what seems to be a, rev- a revelation to all of his supposed best friends, he's like, oh, by the way, also I have a partner, and we're going to travel the world together, and they're kind of like, okay, this is the first we're hearing about any of this, and he's basically like, yeah, like I'm basically leaving tomorrow, so bye, um, which is sort of a, a weird a weird starting point. Um, but as it turns out, when Marco was 12, he was struck by lightning, supposedly, and as a part of that, he was left a message from an alien to basically say, like, hey, we're going to abduct you, but, like, not for not for 10 years. Like, we'll, we'll be back. Um, which uh, is, you know, th- th- that would maybe play on, a, play on a young man's mind, especially when you get to, like, that 10-year mark. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of understandably like, I don't know, that probably didn't actually happen, right? Because that's a weird thing. Yeah, I'm um, going to now go away and set up a plot point that will forever tear me asunder um, emotionally <laughs> um, yeah. to, to occur at the exact same time 10 years hence. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he should have planned his late world trip a little earlier, but uh, but I guess that maybe doesn't help if you're being abducted by aliens. Uh, but anyway, as it turns out, that was not some weird kind of post lightning strike fever dream. Um, that that was a real a real encounter. Um, and as it turns out, in what is kind of quite a a bit of a sort of body horror moment, uh, he does indeed get abducted and kind of gets beamed up into the spaceship, uh, where it turns out he's. He's basically slave labor, um, effectively for a, a decade, uh, because he's been co-opted into the Bureau of, uh, of End Management, which is effectively a, a bunch of people who are kind of picked from suitable planets across the galaxy, um, and they get to make new planets, which is a pretty cool job, to be fair. Maybe not if it's like you're not being paid for it, but, you know, it sounds kind of interesting. The problem is, Marco is very much not into this. Like, you know, he's been ripped away from his dreams and most importantly from his partner, who he wants to get back to. And so he is hell-bent on escaping um, his his new co-workers and his new boss, quote-unquote, um, which is really kind of the setup for this first volume. Like, you know, he gets to see the processes of how these planets are made and what this bureau does and kind of what their role is in the universe. Um, we get to kind of meet a few other sort of alien forms um, along the way. And I feel like there is there are some really sort of... Conceptually, I like a lot of what this series sets up. The problem is, I really hate Marco. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate this guy. And it's like, it, it's a shame because there's a really good and kind of important conflict at the core of this. Of Like I say, you can understand, right? Guy's been torn away from his partner, been told like, hey, you're not going to see them for 10 years. You know, you would be understandably upset about that. But the way he goes about things makes him intensely unlikable um, in pretty much everything that he does because he's so single-minded in his pursuit. He basically is quite happy to screw anyone and anything over that gets in his way. Even other characters we're introduced to who are kind of adorable, to be quite honest. Yeah. And they kind of all get kind of screwed over by him as he tries to escape. It's um, it's and- wild as well because sorry Andy but it, it's wild because he 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 screws over absolutely everyone both overtly and it just as a side effect of what he is doing like utterly and has zero in fact negative remorse in many cases and it's so wild it's like this guy is a fucking psycho, like, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, like, because, I mean, you know, it, and, and I feel like it's unintentional on the part of the series because it tries, it has moments where it tries to paint him as like, oh, no, you know, he's a caring guy. Like, there's a, a there's an alien that kind of, you know, basically he decides to kind of rescue slash adopt. And, like, that's supposed to be kind of a big sort of almost redemption of, like, no, look, he's a nice guy. He cares about people. Except um, but he then- is, like, also kidnapping that alien and estranging them from their own culture and also it's only after the fact the series kind of justifies it when someone i think someone probably pointed out that hey he's doing the exact same shit to someone else so yeah yeah and and that's just there and and that kind of is, is sort of the recurring thing across this series where it tries to have these moments where it tries to kind of soften that character but then immediately pivots in the 
the opposite direction that makes it worse. Like, there's another character that he meets and kind of befriends and basically tricks them into help, into, you know, using her as an escape plot. And, you know, like, to, to her, quite clear, like, emotional distress. And yeah, there are, like, one or two... I mean, I, I feel like with the kind of, you know, the, the alien that he sort of adopts slash kidnaps, you know, d- delete is applicable. Like, there's almost literally a moment in this volume where he's like, oh, like, I feel really... I'll, I'll feel really bad about abandoning them but whatever and yeah. it's like that's kind of always literally the thing and it's like not even like well maybe i could take you with me or so- he doesn't even have a moment of that it's just like completely self-centered at every point in time and it's kind of exhausting and infuriating yeah it's it's the it's a really wild um like push and pull internally reading it because the series desperately wants you to get invested with marco and his plight but as as you say he is so singularly unlikable and honestly like there is a general problem with this series which is not filling in any background or anyone asking or answering any questions all it really wants to do is like have these characters who seem nice like float into view and then get screwed over even only at the end of this first volume like the the rock-eating alien he kind of like just basically lies into getting her help he i know this word is overused nowadays and but you know it has a very important role but he gaslights her entirely like he says Mm. these other people are going to hurt you it's like no in fact marco you're the one hurting her very directly by by getting her her in on your scheme and so Honestly, like, I did not like Marco, but ha- and halfway through the volume, I thought this was a marvellous masterstroke with the series. Because you've got to hang on to something when you're reading something you are actively repelled by and a character you actively hate. And so, basically, we never, ever, ever see said partner. Like, he nurses an engagement ring for this entire first, like, the entire volume. Like, he has, has that thing on him constantly and is always kind of using it as his lodestone, as his, like, MacGuffin quest object almost. But you never see the partner the partner you there's like a phone call there's like half a phone call you hear when the partner is talking to him as he gets abducted in the freaky quite well done abduction scene but i i was half expecting this series to do a reveal of and by the way the partner does not exist or by the way the partner is actually a euphemism and that ring is a communication device to allow him to go meet up with the aliens because he knows what's going on and he knew that it was going to be 10 years in the future and so this is just how it's going to happen but no it just makes him a boring like you know not even quite yet a wife guy um except the single most toxic version of it because he is quite just abs- and also like the people who abduct him and the thing he has been jumped into don't give him and like they give him like the grand 500 level um, wikipedia view of what he's going to do in terms of making planets and their place in the universe but doesn't explain any groundwork about his quote-unquote slavery slash employment at any point they're just like yeah you're here for 10 years here's the director isn't he a funny robot man and here's your here's your other workers it's like you need to explain to this character what's going on. Like, do they, do they, do they take him for 10 years of hit? Cause they say like, Oh, we take 10 years of your relative lifespan. And it's like, okay, like that's a whole, but can of worms about how that works cosmologically. Like, are you taking the equivalent percentage of their lifespan that 10 years makes up of or 10 years to them or 
Like, but then also, like, do they get deposited back in their body where they were taken away from? Like, do they just get zapped back and to everyone else, they haven't been away? They just had, like, a hiccup or something. Or does he get zapped back and it's 2032? Like, none of that's explained at any point. And those questions are just constantly going through my head because they would solve all the problems about Marco or at least maybe stop him from being such a raging asshole very quickly but every no one is talking to each other like and they even say oh you're a closed planet you don't know about the rest of the universe like all this stuff is elementary and it's like yeah but you're still not telling him you're still yeah. just treating him like you know he's the new intern that applied for this job and accepted it and now he's here why are you acting weird and it's like and at the same time i still can't let marco off the hook for any of it because he is such a colossal prick and doesn't actually ask anyone ever and of course all he does is just outright say i'm gonna escape and everyone's like ah ha, ha, ha. don't worry marco you'll get used to it here aren't my fangs and hands funny look at what i eat and it's like uh, 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 you know the whole thing breaks my head um and yeah i also like you know you mentioned his apartment which is like a really weird hyper fashionable apartment um with cool futuristic like you know like almost like past future space stuff and part of it was like well if he's going on a one world trip where would you have like a fully appointed flat like like that if you're leaving tomorrow surely you'd sell everything i don't know like there's so much about this series which just leaves me groping and asking questions and trying to make sense of it but at the end of the day i read this volume and i can't i couldn't wait to put it down fast enough because as i say marco is highly unpleasant the art is interesting at times but at the same time seems to not really like there's plenty of times when it could be expansive and interesting and plenty of times when it's like oh okay that's extremely like mundane and i don't really have any kind of grip with what's going on here and i yeah but yeah i came down basically just wanting to flush this down the toilet quite honestly <laughs> yeah yeah and i i still i i think i'm still in the same kind of delusional state that that you were in in terms of like this has got to be keeping all these things hidden for a reason i mean like i I was definitely on the same on the same wavelength with like his partner of just like well maybe she she is just like a figment of his imagination like you know injected into his mind to have him ready to be abducted like yeah maybe there's something going on there maybe that'd be awesome that would that would that would allow him some resolution and also complete the kidnapping and also fuck him up so you could then resolve that but instead, like, yeah, sorry, I, 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 you, you nailed it. That was a re- that's a really, you should, we should, we should go into manga authoring. And again, <laughs> we just recorded an episode where I had to stop myself from fucking backseat editing again. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean back now yeah but but yeah and i mean and that's and that's the thing it's like it it feels like it has all these possibility spaces where you know and i mean again it it, it's sort of it's it's a a bit of a weird cut but like you you think about something like um kind of madica magica where you've got kind of this setup of you know and then it turns out that there is sort of you know problems by omission of the things that they haven't been told about this contract and that's the other thing that like sprang to mind from like you say from the questions that aren't being answered here of like is this going to turn into this thing where and it feels like it should in a way turn into the thing of like oh you know you've 
look at this awesome job that we've dragged you into. Like, you get to make planets. Like, how cool is that? Um, and then you slowly start to peel away the layers and see the, the, you know, see the wiring under the board to prove that actually, no, this is something really sinister that you've been dragged into. And it's just being dressed up in the hope that, you know, everyone will just be, oh, cool. Okay, cool. I'll help you with that. But there's no actual sign that that is the case at all when you get to the end of this volume because it, still has this weird juxtaposition of like happy shiny make the planets world which you know again that's like an imaginative and inventive idea like I I really like that as a concept and if that was being explored in isolation to all this other stuff I could probably have a good time with that of just like yeah I don't know you know, we're making all these various different planets. We can have these weird and wonderful. I mean, again, to, to, to go like, you know, behind the scenes that haven't recorded our bonus episode where we, we name checked heaven's design team. Like <laughs> that's kind of, you know, you could have like a planet version of that in a sense of just like, Hey, yeah, we made this crazy planet. We've set it up in the simulation. Let's see what this planet's like. It's like, I don't know, no man's sky after like enough patches to make it workable or whatever. Um, but you don't, you know, there's not, enough of that to to be like oh this bit is cool um and then everything else around it like you say is just a whole raft of unanswered questions or marco just being a terrible human being which again like it's not just that he's an awful person once he's been abducted like that very first kind of few pages where he gathers all of his friends and be like by the way i'm buggering off tomorrow with the partner that i never told you about by and like they even seem kind of upset about it like oh okay so you have a partner that you haven't told us about and you're just up and leaving us okay um have fun i thought we could talk about things with each other and yeah Yeah. i mean he even like gets them all together and then says oh i'm leaving early anyway because i'm blowing you guys off yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and then yeah then then yeah he he probably leaves them to foot the bill for dinner as well wow (laughs) oh i hate that guy even more also that conversation at the start is so wild because his friends are all really interesting they've got great designs they've got really interesting fashion they've clearly been drawn really really carefully and he even lays a bunch of groundwork there's like a mention of the accident which is just a reference to his like lightning bolt and they mention the space station it's like oh is humanity starting to venture into the stars and that's where this is going to jump off is this a star trek first contact thing where someone does the thing and the the vulcans arrive and go hey we're here to kidnap marco and marco goes oh fuck i'm supposed to get married it's like no you're not bitch and they kidnap again backseat editing again but you know there's so many things here that are interesting and like the planet making stuff i was not really down for mostly because i was already pissed off with the series but it's really fascinating when you if you read it or you look at it in a in a vacuum or away from the characters it's like oh this is really interesting just because the author has clearly like synthesized together a bunch of really weird techniques to make this work it's like oh you've combined like fish far like a fishery like a fish nursery and something else and something else and it's like oh you this is really really unique and interesting and whimsical and a bit twee but also like it and also quite honestly like the whole the whole plot that marco has basically boils down to whoops we let the intern push to production like that's it like they let marco release a planet 
and you should not let the intern do that because you're going to crash the whole database. Like, I've been working in IT too long, and it's like, yeah, you don't let people do that. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when they've been going around to everybody saying, like, hey, how do you write a virus? And it's just like, you know, yeah. it's pretty almost, much almost literally that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's what, and I, I mean, again, even with that, like, there's, there's a brief moment of like a page or so where even Marco is like, oh, this is quite interesting, actually. But hey, who cares? I'm just going to screw you all over and escape anyway. And like, even that's kind of this wild moment where it, I thought it was, I thought it was, that was going to be this sort of point where, you know, he gets to see the beauty the of uni- creation. Yeah, or like the universe from a whole new perspective and decide like, ah, ne- ne- never liked my partner much anyway. This is way cooler or whatever. And even that would be something like interesting. But instead, it's just like you have that moment and then it's just like, yeah, well, whatever. Back to my escape plans. And it's just so weird. It is. Yeah, it is. Especially given. Yeah. like Especially because like, it's almost like he goes through like, like nerd alert, fran- ran- you know, reference alert, but like. It's like he went through the fucking monolith in 2001 at the end of the film and came out stomping his feet and going, where's my socks? And it's like, <laughs> what? What? You've... What? Like, yeah. And and as I say, like, I can imagine a character being ripped away from their life when they've got the whole life ahead of them and being told, hey, you've got 10 years of this. Like, you'd be pissy. But again, and also, that's also the reason why, like, like their onboarding processes at the, like, end management bureau suck shit. Um, they even teleported me in the wrong place and they even admit that they're like oh sorry we got the transport wrong it's like oh come on <laughs> um also just in a very mundane boring level like this is very shallow don't judge a book by its cover but the cover and the title of this series writes so many checks that the content cannot cash like correspondence from the end of the universe holy fuck that's gonna be great like i read restaurant at the end of the universe that was a great book and the cover looks cool look at these characters and all this stuff like and then at the end at the end of the volume the author like says oh yeah the series has a genesis in newspaper comics i did for a local rag and they were like big interesting like strips of two pages and it's like oh damn it that looks really interesting it certainly looks better than what i've been given here and it's so it's like oh like making this into a serialized storyline kind of fucked it maybe or maybe it's just marco maybe marco is just the problem here quite honestly top to bottom yeah yeah i mean he 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 certainly doesn't help but yeah and i mean that's you know this is where like i i feel like the sucker because like i picked it for this podcast for that very reason or like i read the synopsis and was like oh this sounds like a kind of like i don't know voices of a distant star meets arakawa under the bridge meets heaven's design team or something it's like that all sounds rad and like yeah the, the title sounds really cool and then yeah you actually when the rubber meets the road it's like oh it's not really any of those things and yeah it doesn't doesn't really you know it's not quite false advertising but it's not too far off yeah it yeah it's it's real harsh like hell like looking at the cover gave me to tammy galaxy vibes mm, which yeah. if there is a case of me setting myself up for failure there you go <laughs> quite frankly um but yeah just just and and also quite frankly like the art as well although it has imagination sometimes like just can't handle perspective like i'm not a great artist i can't draw for toffee quite frankly but like just so many times i'm looking at panels in this and going what the fuck's going on with that character's anatomy like what's going on and it's just all perspective issues that make everything look 
weird but not weird in a charming way like the guy's apartment it's just like uh, 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 that guy's hand does not compute does not compute like it, yeah it, uh, you know and and, and I, I think all of that kind of yeah all, all of this stuff sort of lends in the same direction that this is maybe kind of like some short newspaper strips that have just like massively overstretched like you know what's what 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 the, the author is capable of basically to be harsh about it because yeah like i feel like the ideas are here there's stuff that you can do as like you know short little strips with you know a recurring cast that you can do a fun thing with but try to flesh that out into kind of you know a living breathing galaxy effectively just it's just too much and it's there's just not enough kind of connective tissue and there's not enough kind of to its characters to make any of that stuff stick yeah i think that is the final sort of frustration of it is that we are stuck being forced to try and you know empathize with marco um who has things to empathize about like hey he got kidnapped bad things but at the same time like there are all these other interesting characters who i really want to hang out with like again the rock eating girl who he who basically hoodwinks the little alien dude that'd be a cool point of view all the rest of the cast would be interesting point of view characters but we're stuck with marco um and frankly just being forced to try and like him and it's like no stop it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and again i mean i legit i thought towards the end of this first one that maybe they were just gonna kill him off and replace him and i'm like you know what maybe that's not such a terrible idea i mean it would be harsh but it'd also be fair comeuppance for all the stuff he's done quite frankly like yeah so it, yeah it's but even frankly though even if you took out marco or sanded down some of his more egregious elements this series still fa- seems to find a way to miss what makes it interesting mm. or the prime path it might want to follow and you know the path it's on is just not interesting because it basically drive bys all the interesting elements um and frankly just makes you angry at it as you can tell from our previous discussion um yeah but yeah it was wild reading this in the cafe and just getting more and more steamed at it and furiously writing notes and it's just like what what is what what's going on like yeah it's it's it, it will not leave you indifferent but sadly i mean i i just didn't like it honestly and i can't recommend it at all yeah yeah likewise and i mean certainly like i I can't think of a character in any manga that i've disliked as much as i've disliked marco especially for like a protagonist or you know a character that i suspect again if this was set up to be like you're supposed to hate this guy that's the point then i'd be like well it's been very successful but but it to what like that's not what it's that's not what it's trying to do like it's trying to make him a sympathetic character where you can be like oh yeah it sucks that he's been abducted it's like it does but also none of this is helping you know make it make him kind of seem a more reasonable person yeah yeah it's not just that he's like oh we got the villain pov it's not it's not even that interesting it's just he's a prick uh, yeah. a very very destructive one so yeah it's super wild um but yeah I, I mean the one thing that is interesting to me is it's only five volumes which is an interesting length um like not using that as a positive or a negative it's just oh five volumes you know you can tell a story and get out but i am i'm not touching the rest of this like i'm done i am way done frankly yeah yeah i i i really i really couldn't either and like like i say it's a shame because conceptually there's stuff in here that i'm like yeah i would like to see this just as its own entity without anything else around it but as a whole yeah hard no for reading any more from me as well very much so so any last thoughts um about correspondence from the end of the universe uh, no, I don't think so. Fire, fire it into the outer reaches of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fire it into the outer rim. So, 
Um, now for a wee little break. Hey, Elliot here. Just interrupting this episode to let you know that Screen Tone Club is supported by our lovely listeners via Patreon. Doing this helps defer the cost of buying the manga we read for the show, keeps the show ad-free, and also gives us a lovely little ego boost. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes. And if you support us on the $3 and up tier, you get to vote on what we cover on these bonus episodes. To find out more, please go to patreon.com forward slash Club. Uh, sign up today and you get full access to the entire back catalogue of two years plus of bonus episodes. Uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you very much for listening. And now, back to the show. Right then, so now on to my pick um, for this episode. And I think, as you mentioned at the start, there is a there's a different cadence to this um, and also something quite fluffier, really. Um, so my pick, um, admittedly, somewhat like... Initially, I was gonna, I was gonna do this as a joke pick, um, but then I fa- found out I really liked it, and so doubled down on picking picking it for the Ep podcast. So this is, um, I'm a wolf, but my boss is a sheep, Volume One. Um, there's one volume out in English. I think Volume Two comes out in November. Um, it's by Seven Seas. There are three volumes in Japan at the moment. It's not complete. There's no anime. You can get it physically or digitally. And the author is Shimizu Shino, who has done a few other like mostly Dojin style works. Um, was apparently quite a prolific sort of twitter comic like one shot person and in fact that's where this comes from is basically a almost like a page a day thing um posted on twitter that then got picked up at a cliffhanger and um or and people came along and said hey can you can we like serialize this because damn they've been stuck in this cliffhanger for a while um which is a pretty funny way to get picked up um, for publication um so basically um as you can tell from the title um it's somewhat straightforward is we live in a world of basically humanoid animals um it's not full-on kimono friends um thankfully but it's like humans have evolved but they retain traits of their precursor species like there are wolf and they're wolves and there are sheep in this but they also both eat mutton so herbivores historical herbivores can eat anything like they've become humans um they just have like historical markers um as the end of the volume shows they actually have humanoid ears like humans do so it's not the case where the animal ears are their real functioning ears um i that's the sort of thing i find interesting in the world setup but basically these are people but they look slightly like animals and isn't that kind of cool and fun and a way to inject something a new and interesting into an office romance series which is what this basically is is ogami um who is a wolf dude like mid-20s he has joined the like planning department of a bedding manufacturer um he's a salary wolf man and his boss is mitsuji um so pun names ahoy um who is the head of the department and she is kind of average height a bit on the more sort of like um busty side quite frankly very sort of motherly and very sort of very comforting like reminds me of like a rather nice boss i had who was very sort of like comforting but at the same time knew when to kick you in the ass and so basically it's about the two of them kind of having a thing for each other but as you can guess from the title he's a wolf she's a sheep oh fuck he's a carnivore um still has like hunting instincts um which also turned into like pickup artistry at one point um and all the rest of the playing team are also all sheep and basically spend a lot of times terrorizing ogami to try and get him fired which they have also done to previous employers employees where they've like riled up their carnivore senses and then one of them bites the sheep 
and oh fuck you can't do that holy shit you're getting fired because you know hr and so it goes from there basically you know the two of them like you have a bit where um you know ogami and mitsuji are in a cramped lift and it's a plan to try and make ogami lose control because oh no pheromones and meat and whatever and yeah basically it is like a slightly more slightly less horny um sweat and soap but with animal people and it kind of plays off of that in interesting ways like i kind of i think the like the animal source thing goes for quite a lot of mileage it plays up the fact that basically both of the main characters are complete and utter idiot dorks like they're of the very pleasant kind of dork where they're adorkable i suppose is the phrase probably someone's going to groan at me for saying that but i really enjoyed it for the fact that you know one they're like adults they have careers they're in a job they're not just like fucking teenagers again um they're not defined by the animal sections although that is important to them and their backstory there's like an interesting extended cast of this like laid-back competitive lion dude and a black panther lady with a nice haircut and that leads to the first misunderstanding because of course you misunderstandings it's a romance and also the like the izakaya owning friend that ogame has ogami has who's also a wolf except he wears like cool stunner shades and has like a cigarette in his mouth unlit the whole time and so the whole thing just kind of has this nice warm fluffy vibe to the whole thing it's just like hey you came here because of the nice character designs and the fun little animal person hijinks and guess what it's just an office romance sucker and it's like shit i'm invested in an office romance again um and it's kind of this sort of combination as i say of sweat and soap and wotakoi and a few other series that are kind of not exactly like top 10 best of all the world but are very pleasant to read and so kind of just fun to luxuriate in and see the dumb little hijinks and of course by the end of the volume you've got a possible rival and a friend from mitsuji's past oh god it might be the boss and it's almost like a fucking harlequin romance um set up um but yeah i i just really like this and also the characters are really well drawn like they have very striking designs it's not overly sort of like dumb as it were like it kind of takes the best parts it wants to and makes the characters look nice and it you know of course it plays up how attractive this pair are individually and it's like hey they're both hot people check it out except he's got wolf ears and sharp teeth so yeah it's it it kind of just got me as a result of all this different stuff like none of it is like run out there manga of the year um tier stuff but all of it is pleasant to read much like again wotakoi which extremely pleasant to read and also the anime itself is extremely relaxing to watch as a tangent which i did recently anyway i've rambled way too much and tried to basically like put a bulwark here in case andy turns out doesn't like it so andy what did you think of this series Uh, no i pretty much liked it for all the reasons that, that you've just outlined to be honest um again yeah like always a sucker for sort of you know having some older characters and it not be all teenagers so that's always a good time like the kind of office setting and the the politics etc around it is is always sort of a good a, a good set piece for for this kind of thing and yeah like I, I think even if you sort of even if you took out like the sheep and wolf side of it like the main characters are likable and lovable enough that you just kind of want to spend time with them regardless like they're both well portrayed and kind of well rounded as you get through the volume you know it's not like they're both sort of it, it doesn't go to either of the extremes of like you know one they're just you know they're both perfect and amazing at their job or like you know they're 
pretend to be amazing but actually they're slobs or whatever like they're just they're just kind of normal people basically like you know Mitsuji is a competent boss but still screws things up from time to time you know makes mistakes errors of judgment whatever and kind of you know likewise you know other characters likewise Ogami you know is is sort of you know good at what he does but also you know maybe has some some weaknesses as well so you know all of that sits together really well um and yeah like it's just it's a very pleasant kind of series to to watch to read because even though i mean it's sort of like a very chilled out beast stars in a way as well like yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost it's you could almost imagine it being like these these are characters that went to the school that beast stars is set in but now they've grown up and everything's not like super dramatic and life or death because they've grown out of that and they're just like yeah i don't know we just we just got jobs and we get a salary now this is this is fine because uh, it sort of has some of those sort of similar vibes of the sort of carnival versus herbivore thing but without the murder and the like you know teenage angst um and so it's kind of nice because it's it's pretty chill like even when it's having its kind of you know moments of sort of crisis quote unquote of you know again being like oh my god like can i can i control myself in this situation like it never feels like it's it never gets too overbearing with that. That never feels like it's going to be like, oh my god, this is just going to turn into like an absolute disaster. Like at worst, it's it's yeah, it's it kind of is more like in that sort of sweat and soap style of just like ah yeah, just we're getting a bit horny. That's kind of it. Um, and so yeah, like it's it, it, it's enjoyable. Like it's one of those things where I just kind of breeze through the volume. I'm just like yeah, that was that was good. I feel good coming out of reading that. And that was that was kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, I feel like there's almost like another like a version of this series where you basically take out all the animal like all the animal tails and ears and everything and you just put wolf and sheep in quote marks and yeah. it's just like oh yes here is pretty boy main character and attractive lady secondary main character and they're just human ass humans but they have a few traits about them and that's it like it would still work the the animal parts and presentations are mostly just like almost like a well-placed garnish in this series Mm. where it's like oh yeah these sheep people have horns and so that's kind of uncomfortable and us working at a bedding manufacturer have made a pillow which is suited for that and it's like yeah that's very sensible and also it's a perfectly harmless way to kind of like on-ramp like boring office work and how do we market this fucking pillow and you know oh look she's got a sleeping face holy shit i'm about to lose lose my control oh god my boss is hot except for that time that she was a complete ditz in the elevator and had a zip down um oops um and so yeah it, it kind of works in that regard i feel like this is the version of beast stars in a world that isn't about to collapse into like utter anarchy like beast stars the more i watched of it the more i thought that like this world can't ha- can't hold like everyone's about to murder everyone and i know these teenage kids are like full of hormones and you know they're much more bestial than the characters in this but Beastars, like the more i watched it the more i'm like how the fuck does this world function and not just turn into like death race 2000 or something yeah and, and i think that that's kind of the, the the weird but smart thing that this series does where you you get that whole like is a cursing where we're just like no like we we eat mutton as well like we might be sheep but like yeah we can just eat meat it's fine um and so it just completely like explodes 
explodes any feeling of kind of actual danger around that to be like, yeah, no, this is just like, I don't know, we're, we're not really kind of animals at all. We are just people. We just look a bit like them and that's kind of it. And that, that, that just sort of resets a lot of the expectations around this from there being any kind of stakes of, you know, because I mean, you think like the, in Beastars, the whole carnival versus herbivore thing is like, you know, that is the key thing around which everything revolves, whereas it's very fluid here and kind of basically unimportant to any actual individuals. Yeah, I mean, half of the, like, half of the animal traits are basically just, like, either learned behaviours or, you know, just just personality elements, you know. I mean, you know... For you know, it's just a case of like, oh, you know, it's it's almost like a, I mean, most of the women we've seen have been herbivores, and most of the men have been carnivores, and it's almost like a, it's almost, but not quite, like a sexism thing, like a reference to that. But then, you know, people have different different elements of their animal traits. Like, you know, the panther girl is extremely competitive, but comes across as aggressive to everyone around her. And if you've ever seen a cat trying to like chase a laser pointer, you know that hell they get competitive. Um, maybe it's just my cat. I don't know, but. You know, it, it just kind of substitutes that stuff and makes it kind of interesting and also like makes it so that these people would not get fired within 14 seconds. You know, it's not like, you know, competitive panther ladies can get fired for being like a stone cold killer. It's just like, Oh, bloody hell, you want to chase that sales target? Holy shit. So, you know, th- that, uh, that, of course, that leads to an interesting misunderstanding. Hooray. Which makes it interesting both on a meta level of like you reading it and the characters in that situation being like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't be hearing this conversation eyeballs so yeah it it comes across and it ends up being very interesting and it kind of both plays in and doesn't overdo the animal aspect and also frankly like it just looks nice like you know the characters as i said before are all attractive like it's well drawn like and it you know it shows them well it's like yeah look at these characters i've had i've had fun drawing check it out here's my ocs (laughs) so yeah it's just it's just really it's just it's just a really fun read in that it's frankly not that taxing but also gives you what you want which is fun office romance (laughs) so there you go yeah yeah like it's it's very pleasant to read and again like the the romance works as well like again a, a, a thing that plenty of these series can kind of fall into the trap of is you create these sort of archetypes that are you know chalk and cheese or whatever and you're sat there as a reader being like i can't get behind this i can't believe in this like these two people being into each other whereas this is like no they've kind of you know like agami uh, uh, maybe doesn't look like it but like he's a genuine like nice guy and you know mitsuji is is you know uh, like you say kind of like a mother figure to everybody but has kind of you know she, she she's not shy about kind of tearing a strip off of somebody if if they step out of line and it's like yeah you know they're kind of they're both well suited to each other actually and so you can actually kind of get behind that and not be constantly trying to kind of find a reason to be like oh yeah okay i guess i can believe in this relationship like it it makes sense um which which really helps it along as well yeah so yeah i just found myself really enjoying this like and as i said like at the end of the volume it's it's setting up like a rivalry of some kind and you know you can see it exactly on the front of volume two it's just like oh here we go here we see here's where we're heading um what's what's going to happen now so yeah not too taxing but you know an extremely pleasant and as i say it always looks nice like i mean to be fair the backgrounds don't exactly have to be very uh difficult because it's like a few animal puns in the background along with the inside of an izakaya and the inside of an office 
whoop-de fucking do. <laughs> so yeah, but it, again, sure. it channels that into making the characters look good. So it's like okay, yeah, and and yeah, like it, all the things it kind of like touches on or reminds me of are all good as well. So that helps. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, like this is definitely one of those series where like I, I'm I'm not kind of like burning to be like ah when is volume two coming out, but like I can I can imagine myself kind of reading some more of this and you know just kind of chilling out and having a good time with it at some point. Yeah, this isn't like Fist of the North Star. Elliot puts um, reminders in his calendar about it, but I will totally be down to fork out the money for volume two. Like yeah, because just because I. Uh, it's got apologies because it's like an old man here but it's just got nice vibes quite honestly like it's not too horny it's not too stupid you know but it's still pretty dumb and the characters are dumb asses and that's what makes it fun so you know i mean hell like half the the entire rest of the cast look at the main pair and go oh come the fuck on like but no one dares go near it so you know leave they'll sort it out eventually maybe <laughs> yeah well yeah no, i think that's one of the other nice things is it, it doesn't feel like it's a kind of like zero progress situation either it's like there's at least some e- even if it's the kind of typical like oh i kind of like spending time with this person but no i don't i don't like like them do i kind of thing but like it's all it all goes through that sort of process and there's at least a feeling of some sort of background acknowledgement of like okay yeah we actually enjoy spending time together so that's that's something yeah and of course like you know they're boss and subordinate so that's going to make things a bit hairy i mean hell like there's an entire like not really a section but there is an ongoing concern of like oh Yes, I do give my court subordinates head pats, but can I give him a head pat? Is that wrong? <laughs> At what point are he- head pats okay? And it's like, oh man, I'm you got me. Like I'm interested to see where this head pat saga goes. Um, so yeah, <laughs> maybe it's just because I've been working from home too long. I say, like, oh man, I want a head pat. But you yeah, know. no, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure in a kind of like non-animal based workplace, the head pats are probably an HR issue. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out and <laughs> go out on a limb with that one yeah yeah you got to be a lot more like animalistic and moe i suppose to really get away with a head pat yeah. um yeah i mean hell if you if it's a demon girl next door it's like well these characters are going to head pat each other of course they are <laughs> if you're an it dude it's like no one's going to head pat you what the fuck um yeah. anyways it's just tangenting weirdly but no i really enjoyed this and i was as i say i i, I picked it up for a laugh really loved it and so made andy read it success <laughs> yeah no it was it, it was good fun like yeah it's it's it, it, this is one of those like I, I feel like you can look at the cover and be like in, in contrast to our other picks for this episode <laughs> like this is very much one you can look at the cover you can kind of look at the title and be like yeah okay know what i'm getting here and that is exactly what you will get yeah you you know nigh upon instantly if you are down for this kind of bullshit it's like ah oh, okay this synopsis and cover Okay, I can ro- I can I can carry on with this. Where if you look at it and go, Puff, then yeah, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> You're not missing <Yeah>. anything. <laughs> so, For sure. although maybe you are, but hell, it's not. It, 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 different strokes are different folks. So there you go. Anything else to mention about I'm a wolf, but my boss is a sheep? I don't think so. I think that's everything. No, I do like the idea, though, of the author saying, yeah, I left this on a cliffhanger and people yelled at me on Twitter for like half a year saying, hey, they're still in that fucking supply closet. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> imagine being a fan of this and being like, motherfucker, where's the rest of it? 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like this is becoming a more and more kind of common theme in like author afterwards in volumes of manga of just like, yeah, I know, I put this up on Twitter for a joke and then suddenly everybody started taking it super seriously. So here I am, it's now published. Hey man, we've had several years of no comic yet because um, the pandemic. So, you know, yeah. this is going to happen. Um, yeah, so yeah, the the marketing strategy of Mangaka puts first chapter of manga up in a Twitter thread with four pages per post is very much a thing that is done now. I think I've mentioned that before, so apologies for repetition. Anyway, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next episode. So I've picked something that we previously were going to talk about, but due to a publishing delay got kicked into the long grass. And I was in a well-stocked manga store the other week and they had two entire shelves of this. And so I thought, oh yeah, we were supposed to talk about that. So I, I have put down volume one of Shaman King. Um, at the moment, the physical releases are omnibuses. So whatever you can get to or whatever you can get a hold of. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad we picked up on that one again because, yeah, that had uh, fallen off the radar a little bit. Uh, yeah, my pick is uh, is a recent release. Um, it is uh, The Geek X Hitman, Volume 1, because, you know, uh, after my last pick, I needed something that was hopefully going to be more lighthearted and fun. Well, yeah, I mean, stop being a hitman to play Counter-Strike sounds about right, frankly. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Close down. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If I, if this will probably be a shorter episode once I edit all the nonsense out. Um, so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can on Twitter at Screen Tone Club. We have an email address show at screentone.club we have a patreon which greatly helps to further costs of all this manga we keep buying and reading and you can find that at patreon.com forward screentone club um due to inflation it's now a better value than ever and you can also join the ranks of our illustrious um shout outs tier members if you so desire um my name is elliot page you can find me on twitter at elliot page mostly posting pictures of my cat as always who is now oddly enough now it's getting colder is getting a lot more affectionate weird how that happens and andy how about you uh yep you can find me on twitter at hannah's 1979 great thank you ever so much ever so much everyone and have a good one and good night bye everyone bye